This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! City. Your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. Right, Chris. All right there. All right the back. How are we all doing? How the devil are you? Well, it's sloppy seconds time. Don't tell Brad. It's rather, I've obviously already done the opposition review and I had to be quite nice about Man City. Let's be honest with you, they're a different class, aren't they? I mean, you know Brad and his predictions by now. You know, we all know the uh, North Macedonia chant. Well, he predicted nine goals in this game. He should have made well. He shouldn't have maybe gone down to the old uh, bookmakers because, and oh, we don't recommend gambling, children. But um, yeah, we did get nine goals. Just wasn't expecting that. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. It is the post-match show, and this is where you can watch us, or if you're listening on podcast, where you can hear us. <laughs>
listen on your favourite podcast platform or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Well, that was Christmas. Did you have a good one? When, can you remember? I mean, it was actually, I think it was Man City possibly the last time we actually won on Boxing Day. I hate Christmas. I bloody hate Christmas. It's the Premier League post-match show with Chris, with Chris and Brad on Leicester Till I Die TV. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Ho, 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 Brad. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Um, I'm kind of still trying to wrap my head around what happened yesterday because that was the most bizarre 90 minutes I think I've ever witnessed. I mean, for a long, well, for a long time at least. F- five minutes in, I'm thinking, well, here we go. 25 minutes in, there we were because, I mean, it was a. I mean, we know we, we say we don't always get off to a good start, but my God, even by our standards. But then we know, look at the defence that we had. And then second half comes out, we get a goal. I can't eat. I'm laid on the sofa watching it because obviously it's Boxing Day. Still in my gym jams. And I can't even, I just went, yep. I can't even get excited. The second one went in. I'm like, hang on a minute. The third one, I mean, it, it, we went down fighting, didn't we? Yeah, we did in a, in in a weird way. I mean, I put the, the tweet out about the game afterwards. Obviously, I dreaded the nine nil. I got the nine goals, but just not quite the right order of numbers of where they go. But mm. I was kind of expecting the worst, and when it was like four nil, I was thought this could this could be worse than nine nil. This. Um, yeah, well, it was a game that in the end, in, in the weirdest sense, and this is why I don't believe in this play 45 minutes, they were the better side. Because in the second half, you can sit here and tell me it was 4-0. I'm very aware of the score at half time, but at the end of the day, we were technically the better side in the second half. It was one of them that could have ended 5-all, 5-4, In the end, it was 6-3, and it probably just... I mean, you can't go away from home concede four and expect anything very rarely do you but it was we had that moment didn't we that 10-15 minutes in that second half was absolutely out of nowhere for us do you think though that I'm sat there at 4-0 I'm thinking like uh, this is going to be the story of the day you know how bad we were blah and in a way I felt happier losing 6-3 than I did would have been 4-0 yeah well it also probably changed the headlines, I think there was probably a lot of mm. journalists that maybe at half-time were preempting the notes of Man City route Leicester, which in fairness still they did. By three goals, they did beat us by a big scoreline, yeah. but the way it, it transpired in that second half, it changed the headlines from Leicester run to uh, Leicester get beat in route to Man City win nine-goal thriller. Yes. Which, you know, it's easy to forget how thrilling it, it was at one point. You know, at I the mean, 60th minute mark, after 45 being 4-0 down, to be there at 60 minutes in the game somehow was was a little bit of brief joy. Well, you, you you like you like a quiz question every now and again, don't you? Who I do. Who was the last team to score three goals at the empty ad? Um, probably us. 
It was. It was. It was Leicester City. Um, I mean, watching that when they were going forward, you're thinking like, yeah, they, they, you know, you can see why they're top of the table. You can see why they're unbeaten in six or seven or whatever it is. But even in that first half, defensively, we, they, 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 we, we could have had a couple. Yeah, we we could have, but you know, you know, maybe on another day, you know, we play a team that maybe only takes one or two of them chances. You know, it's just a, it just shows the clear golf in quality in between the, the other probably, I'd say eighteen sides because I think Liverpool have sustained themselves well enough over the last five or six years to kind of say they're in they can be in a different class when they're on form as well. But it shows the difference between Man City and the other eighteen Premier League sides when they can find they can just refine a gear and, and and shut a game down. I mean, Iniacho missed a chance. All Brighton missed a header. It could have been four all before, or, you know, before Man City remembered that we can't defend corners and score two more. Just to just to remind us. But yeah, it was one of them, mate. There was definitely chances. I mean, when when you looked at the squad when it came out. And you look in there, and I'm sorry that you're, you're <laughs> I didn't pick the fact that your favourite player was on there. The only player to get naught in the uh, the oh did uh, did Rich tell you that you'd given him nine, man? Did you remember? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I was, was tempted to do that. It was a nine, mate. I just missed a flick off the end and gave it a zero. Yeah. Um, but when you look at that back four, well, Brighton and Marty, Vestergaard, Thomas. I mean, when you look at that and think, well, our, our best defender there is a Marty. I mean, all Brighton was getting, it's, he's not, he, he, he'll play in that role, but it's not a natural role for him. You know, yeah. uh, it wasn't the best defensive, but, you know, that, that's been the story of our season, isn't it? Yeah, and unfortunately, we're at this time of year where maybe, I mean, you can't, you can, you can certainly understand why, but you, especially with what's continued to happen and seem to double in pace for less of the season, we've got Soyuncu and Dakar out for a couple of weeks. That horror challenge that I managed to get a yellow card has now put Ricardo back on the shelf for. Oh, eight but weeks. apparently, I was being, I was being unfair to the Liverpool people, if you remember from Mister. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Vehemently Object, whatever he was called, yes. Yeah, well, he can object no more because he should. That, that guy should be sitting on an eight-match ban, let alone yes. us missing out eight weeks. But then we've got Soyuncu, Daka on that. Vardy's been rested. No, Danny Ward. Danny Ward, I think he's, Danny, he's COVID hit, isn't he? Yeah, Danny Ward's through COVID and... You probably say out of the two sides we were playing over the Christmas period, because obviously we didn't play Everton, uh, Everton and, and Spurs. You're probably looking at Man City, thinking go down fighting as long as we don't lose badly. Even though the scoreline suggests that, we know from watching the performance that it wasn't actually as bad as the scoreline may have looked. More so, obviously in that second half. But given the squad that was out there, I think we kind yeah. of say, all right, we lost with a bit of fight. I can see that. I think. The likes of Ndidi and Castagne were really wanting to be saving for Liverpool because maybe he just feels his chances at home with a with a full king power and a full a more st- stronger lineup um, than what we was going for with Man City. 
because with the greatest respect, so that good, it was more of a free hit. I think he picked this one as a free yeah. hit over over the two games, to be honest with you. Oh, un- un- undoubtedly, I think he would have done. I agree with you. But, you know, the la- I mean, you know, even if you look at the bench, you know, you've got Djokovic, who, you know, <laughs> you wonder whether he's, you know, why he's still at the club, really, don't you? Uh, Nelson, uh, McAteer. But I don't think those players, although they're on the bench, if Vardy was fully fit enough and was just being rested, he would have come on in that game. Um, yeah. Sumari and Ndidi, we were missing them in midfield, 100%. But again, they were never brought on. And I think that's because, like I say, they weren't 100% fit. Yeah, that is the case. I, th- I think they were literally there to put the numbers on the bench. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you, the weirdest thing is, though, if you look back over it, we're talking, we gave them four of their six goals. Mm. Indeed, you know we shout at Indeedy for tackling the box. Well, we also we also need to make sure that we get bouncers around our box and stop Tillemans from fouling in there because <laughs> he played corporate twice. Um, in that, so that's near. That's definitely an area where we're making it harder on ourselves. Um, knowing we're vulnerable from set pieces. Yuri didn't have his best games, let's be honest with you. Um, mm. The second one was definitely a penalty. The first one, but I'm surprised. I mean, Inacho, was, he was almost doing Strictly Come Dancing with the uh, Man City strikers. I'm surprised that he didn't get punished, to be honest with you. It's, it's one of them that we've just come so accustomed to that if VAR takes longer than three seconds to give a decision back, and it goes to the screen. It's like, well, I see we've got penalty. You know, as soon as I heard it gone yeah. to the screen, I was like, it's got the best penalty. Then it's getting yeah. this going to be given. That, that that's the case. Ninety, I'd say 98 percent of the time with VAR. Yeah. Very rarely do you see them go to the screen and do it. So, you know, I, mean, I have to be honest with you. I think if yeah. if indeed he was fit or enough to play, and Tillemans was on his game. I think it, you know, we could have been looking at a different result there. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, as David says, there we fought well, we didn't deserve, I don't think, you know, we didn't deserve that score line, but it, it's our defense. And we, I think we've just got to accept this season that, you know, would are we looking at buying somebody in the, in the January window for the back four? Yeah, but knowing our luck, even if we did, they'd get injured on the trading ground or they'd get <laughs> taken out because it seems like everybody's targeting our defence. I don't think they can stop our midfield in terms of attack. We're seeing that with the very big positive. Stand out, stood out like a sore thumb, Alisson, in that game. Was really good, really energetic. We know what Tillemans can do. We know what, on their day, the likes of Barnes and, and Vardy and Dakar and Iniacho can do. And credit to Lukeman as well. Let's go give him a shout out for his goal. But teams clearly know that if we don't have a back line, they can cripple us. So if we did sign someone, probably someone would clean him straight out and he'd be out for six weeks. Welcome to Doug Doug here from the Dugout Football Channel. I think he's trying to be funny here with the way it's going. Leicester will go for Nat Phillips at this rate. All I will say is, Doug, and we are going to be on a show together on Wednesday um, looking at the Liverpool game. We wouldn't have to be looking at another defender if one of your players didn't break the legs of one of our defenders. 
with a horror tackle and VAR waste of space, isn't it? Because that, yeah, like we said that that he should have been off. So, you know, I, I, do you want to let us know how many players that Liverpool strikers and players are going to, I mean, you know, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough that you elbowed one of our players in the face and got away with it. Wanted, you know, you had to physically actually break a leg, Doug. <laughs> yeah, well, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I jest, of course, but it, it, it you know, it, it, if that had been the other way round, the Leicester player would have been at least sent off, wouldn't he? Well, you get you get that feeling. Look, it was it was really bad officiating. Both sides complained about the officiating. Even even Liverpool fans complained about the officiating. In fact, sometimes that officiating reminded me of the, you know the Voldemort of footballing referees when it comes to Leicester. Remember the Atletico Madrid tie at Filbert yeah. Street in, yeah. in the 90s? Oh, that referee never refed in Europe again after that. But it didn't. It didn't help the fact that Atletico still ended up beating us. It's not like he got got done for trying to match fix. No, no, no. He just got told he's not allowed to ref again. But poor Leicester have to suffer. Sometimes it happens in football. Sometimes a clown gets given a a, a whistle and and he yeah. likes to not use it. Yeah, Doug. There, you know, I'm having a joke with you, mate. Um, he was saying um, uh, that he he said it was a red. Mm. I agree, mate. You know, you know, you know, I jest with you, and I've even, I've even come out in a Christmas jumper in honour of your good self, Doug. What can I say? No, no love has a fan for a fellow fan other than to copy his dress style. <laughs> uh, Doug says, you know, there's, there's no um, understand why there's no VAR before the semi. You, I totally agree with you. If you're having it at the semi-final, you should have it throughout. Um, yeah, and. Uh, I wish Ricardo well. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Um, I think I think we just need to uh, park the team bus in front of the goal. <laughs> then we uh, we might get something. But uh, I mean, you know, looking looking at that game, like I say, at half time, I I was almost tempted to to go off and do something else. It was definitely one of those games where if you left early, you you, you miss the fun. Um, at four three, I was thinking, could we? Is this possible? Well, yeah, and I, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to have found a Leicester fan that wasn't thinking that. In fact, probably you could tell by the um, atmosphere change mm. when the goals when when Leicester started their own little quick fire of goals. Just no, not too dissimilar to how Man City tumbled into a 3-0 lead. Leicester fans were suddenly making the empty had, I mean the Etihad, very yeah. quiet. I didn't hear the Man City fans over that 10-15 minute period. In fact, it was very amusing hearing Leicester fans singing, we're going to win 5-4. And you did, I think they must have, whatever Man City fans bothered turn up, were probably going, uh-oh, hold on a minute. Yeah. Because I, I, honestly, out of all the goals they scored that day, the loudest cheer I heard from the empty had arena was the fifth goal for Man City because it was filled with relief. You could hear it in the fan support that they were relieved that we they didn't get caught out again because, like I said, we had our chances. Madison probably had one of his best games, like a true leader. I know I'm an advocate for goalkeepers, but maybe, just maybe, because he led from the front for everything that was good yesterday. The funny thing was, and we joke, and I've I called it the empty hand 
on my show earlier when I had two Man City fans on. And you, you know Charlie, you know Charlie, the Man City fan. And he said he was quite impressed I managed to get to find two Manchester City fans to come on. So uh, respect to him for that. But I mean, again, you know, you look at the scoreline, 6-3, but they had 17 attempts. We had 14. Yeah, they had a load of possession, but we know that means sweet FA. We, 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 where we lost out, and you know, we had 289 passes to their 736, we had 438 touches to their 894. That kind of sums it up, really, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And look, Man City are always going to hold on to the ball, it's what they do well, it's how they that's how they wear it down. And they wore Leicester down in that first half, it wasn't exactly a wear down of having to run around and chasing shadows. It was a wear down of the mentality that Man City were always finding space. They were always slowly creeping forward and looking dangerous. And, you know, Leicester were found throughout the 90 minutes caught between who to block off and, you know, that, you know, which angle are we, are we cutting off? And that's just what Man City do to every side. And like I said, God's honestly, I think people might say you'll be 4 0 down, Man City took the foot off the gas. They beat a team 7 0, they don't take the foot off the gas. No. They don't take the foot off the gas. Pep Guardiola goes absolutely mental if he sees them not. You know, I actually, again, I asked the Man City fan that would they have taken the foot off the gas? And he said, I think you just, you just caught us cold in that second half. We just yeah. weren't. We weren't I, expecting it. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you now, I would not have been surprised. Like some of the greatest managers that we talk about from our from from further generations back, we know that he, you know, they'd have come in there. I remember a certain Alex Ferguson story. I can't remember the player, but he was like, thought I had a really good game, and he came in and said, "If you pass it backwards one more time, I'm going to sub you off." Something like that. I can imagine that Pep was the sort of manager that went in there and went. Praised them for the win, but then also would have been like, but what? What was that? Fifteen minutes where we stopped playing. You could see him you know, on the touchline. He, he he wasn't happy. Yeah, but, I mean, there's not many teams. In fairness, well, we, from what I said before, there's not many teams that would go to. There's not many teams that will go to Man City and win this season anyway. Let's be honest yeah. with you. But there's not many that teams that will go and give them that much of a scare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. I mean, again, you really have to watch back that 90 minutes if you're a neutral um, to fully understand the, the, the scoreline in the end, really not telling the full tale because what you'll realise by checking on the scoring sheet is at 45 minutes, Leicester were dead and buried and at 60 minutes, they were within a whistle of pulling off a, a Christmas miracle or a Boxing Day um, surprise! You um, did. You so, did say it four nil down when we were messaging each other. We need a miracle, and I did say, "Well, it is the right season for it." Well, yeah, but uh, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. We've had yeah. a few before. We've had a few turnarounds, but um, again, that somehow, even though we felt a bit, you know, like I said, I feel less to fans in a weirder sort of way. We'll look at that game in a positive, more positive yeah. light than a few. There'll be concerns from Man City's fans. I mean, a lot of, you know, neutral supporters, like particularly Man United fans, were saying Leicester did it, one. Leicester might have got beat six three, but they exposed Man City's weaknesses mm -hmm. and showed that any team with the right attitude, and again, maybe an applied attitude, if we did it in the first half, mm. 
could have, you know, if we'd have done it throughout the 90 and not just in the second half, we, we, we showed that they do have frailties. They're not quite as unstoppable. I mean, the, man, the two Man City fans I was talking to, Charlie and Charles, I know it sounds like a double act, doesn't it? But Charlie and Charles were both very complimentary about Leicester. You know, and yeah. it was a case of the scoreline didn't really reflect the 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 game, and, and you know, and they they were really worried when it was four three. Like usually, when that fifth goal in, it was relief. But that was a performance from what I would, you know, I we've we've, we've talked about this quite a few times. The um, great escape year, yeah, when we got beat. But we were putting up a fight. I mean, we probably never lost one that by that bigger scoreline during that season. But we were fighting for every game, and you came away thinking the lads have done it. I didn't come off that. I came off the the the, the, the match in um, uh, when we played Liverpool, angry, not only at the team but also at um, Brendan as well. I couldn't be angry with anybody after that game. No, no, everybody did what they usually did for us when they're at their best. So, you know, Perez was non-existent. That was good. Lutman turned up. Madison and, and Tillemans, you know, all right, yeah, Tillemans gave away two penalties, sure, but he still was pretty vital in, in, in good things. You can't really have a go at the defence because no. there wasn't really one in the nicest terms. It was a Marty. We had Castagna on the bench. We had a right. We had a third... The only thing I do question, and again, it's probably only because he wants to make sure Castagne is fully fit before he plays, given we keep getting injuries left, right and centre, no matter what. Um, but I didn't like, I didn't say I didn't say he had a particularly bad game there, but it, it did worry me a little bit seeing all Brighton at right back. Um, I think but, it was a case of needs must, wouldn't it? Yeah, because we know yeah. he, is, he, has, he plays regularly in that. Maybe that's the way that Brendan sees him now, but... Well, Maybe he yeah. thinks he can convert him like like mm. sort of Christian Fuchs esque sort of thing. Yes. He can do the ring, yeah. wing back role, defensive wing back role more than Thomas can, which seems to be the case. I actually think a lot of times when Albrighton's played as a right wing back or a left wing back, yes, probably due to injury, but sometimes it's not been due to injury. Sometimes it seems to have been a preference where he'd rather have the defensive minded player that's mm. not going to go too far. Um, I mean, Carry on, on, sorry. I was just going to say, but you could argue maybe against Man City with the way they like to progress up the field, it couldn't leave him exposed. But he didn't do bad, to be fair, yeah. given his lack of game time. I mean, I'm going to... I mean, uh, David says here, uh, Brad, when you analyse the game, which he's not going to today, in fairness, it was Christmas, we've given him time off, he shouldn't, you know, he wanted to be with his family, uh, and it, you, know, you try and analyse that game, like he said, but we gave him a bit of time off for this, but he says, uh, but you can answer this for if, if you want, Brad. Do you think the turnaround also benefited from formation changed and uh, or subbing off Perez? Second half time talk plus that made us look nearly unbeatable for twenty five minutes or so. Yeah, I, I, I think Southampton did something similar against either Man City or Chelsea or Liverpool. One of them, I can't remember it. Um, <sighs> but I think Man City, uh, Southampton were playing and they got absolutely slaughtered in the first half, probably in the same sort of scoreline. Um, and they completely, you know, I think they were three or four nil down come half time. 
And then in the second half, they fought back. They didn't get quite the rewards that Leicester did when they started the fight back. I think they, I think if they even may, may have lost the game 4 0 and it stayed there. But they, the guy who was doing their game said it came way too late. I, sorry, I shouldn't assume it might have been a female commentator, but yeah. the person who was analysing their game went, it came way too late. But Southampton have clearly changed the shape and are having a lot more of the ball. So, yeah, I think definitely the shape changed. I don't want to be too harsh, not necessarily just because Perez came off, but it's, it's, it's also Sod's law that when a guy's not the most favourite player in the bunch out of a lot of Leicester fans, but then Lutman is on that side and, and he goes and gets a goal and plays, you know, and, and, then, and then all of a sudden goals seem to flow for Leicester. It's easy when you're probably, you're like the least favourite chocolate in the tennis celebrations at Leicester is Perez, to be honest with you. Is the chocolate, um, chocolate cream, whatever it is, of uh, of Leicester City? Yeah, he is. He's what, <laughs> Coffee he's, cream, he's whatever, that's it, coffee cream. Yeah. Yeah, he's whatever whatever you least like out of a celebrations mm. tin or something. He's, he's probably one of them. He's not probably many popular choices as a favourite Leicester player. So it didn't benefit him in Sod's Law case that he came off and it sort of did it. But I think... You've probably learned a lesson, and again, you've shown the vulnerable that, yeah, right, Man City might be able to score three or four, but you've seen clearly that if you do that for them and can do it over the 90 minutes, you could come out with a three, four goal thriller, and Pep Guardiola won't keep allowing that. So then you'll make him change something, and then, you know, maybe it becomes a bit easier for other teams to play against them. Yes, yeah. I mean, do you think Chowdhury should have come on earlier for uh, Tillemans? I, I think, unfortunately, just as he was about to come on, it was 4-3. And then, yeah. lo and behold, Man City went, Leicester can't defend corners. Let's get us a corner and see what we can do. And, oh, uh-huh. there he goes. And then it kind of took the deflation out because I think the idea was, obviously, to kind of give him that indeedy role sitting in front. But you know with Chowdhury, you're going to get a bit more about you going forward. So, you know, the idea was to maybe swap it to the counter and and try and find that goal late on. But the wind was taken out of ourselves. Then it's never easy to get a, a second wind in a game of football after you've put so much effort to get where you are um, from being miles behind the eight ball. Um, but, yeah, it's sad to lie, isn't it? In hindsight, you know, it's easy to say that he should have got him on earlier, but had Laporte not got that header and then we got up the other end and, you know, and, and, and then the actual makes it four all. We're going mad. I'm throwing my phone and breaking it and all of a sudden we don't care that Chowdhury's not come on yet, do we? It's just... No, no. It's all about timing no. sometimes. It's sod's law, as they say. I mean, looking at all this, I mean, Liverpool on, was it Thursday we played Liverpool? Yeah. Um, Man City... Monday, um, Sunday, sorry, uh, Liverpool Tuesday. I mean, it, I, I get the Boxing Day tradition, but it's bloody stupid, isn't it? So many games in modern-day football, when injuries do happen a lot more than they used to, we shouldn't be playing this many games, should we? Look, it's all... It, it, we it, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years ago, probably that far back, you might have to go. It was a mystery as to why these players and players were coming out saying it. And we, we were sat there and why is he doing it? And then lovely Sky Sports became the biggest, next biggest thing. And we had multi-million pound companies like Amazon and that now 
that want to keep franchising and showing games. It's not about it's not about the safety of people anymore. It's about well, can we make it look like we're trying to do it for them, but really we want to line our pockets. Let's face it, no matter how good they are, and there's nothing. They're businesses. It's what they do. I'm not trying to besmirch how they do it, but let's face it. Unfortunately, the powers that be aren't the heads of the table at, F, at the FA. It's um, it's the big kingpins in the suit that go we pay a lot of money to secure games we want to be able to play them games so play as many yeah. as you can and over christmas when you're sat indoors doing nothing yeah what's the one excuse you have oh watch the footy i can go down the pub on on the 28th and watch the footy because i haven't got work it's perfect for them to keep games congested no matter what's going on sadly that's how they Maybe. see it very, very true. I'm going to now go under the table and put my uh, put my my, my my hard hat on um, because this is for you, Brad, from Brookline. It's got to be for you. Perez was immaculate in the first half and should not be a scapegoat. We were overloaded in the wide areas, mostly on the Mares side, so switching to the five in the back set up the second half counter. Look at, look at the end of the day, we was a depleted squad and that squad that was put together was held together by chewing gum, bubble gum, sticky tape and there was probably four, five, maybe more players there that had probably yeah. played 90, 180 minutes of football at best. Collectively, maybe even as that, it was that little, especially pouring in Acho. So, mm. no, no, nobody, nobody did anything to me to kind of use them as a scapegoat and say that's a solitary mainstay reason. My, my point with Perez was he's just maybe sometimes when you've got a bit of disdain or because we've seen for so many long periods of time bad performances and annoying performances where he's ended up getting subbed off after 45 minutes and we've sat here so many times more predominantly Sorry, mate. I hope you. I really hope you said subbed off then, because it sounded yeah, it definitely did. It something was a... completely different. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm thinking well, like, what? what? <laughs> well, you might play better. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> so this um, is why Brendan keeps keeps putting it on, does he? Hell. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to clarify that. I did definitely say subbed off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, but it's easy to sit here and 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 sometimes I could, but this isn't a game you can pick at a player. This this is one of them. It it was sod's law that someone who's not probably like I said the most popular with Leicester fans mm. seems to have a no show when, like you said, it was it was well for 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 a good forty minutes it was men against boys. Let's be perfectly yeah, honest. Totally. Let's be perfectly honest. At the end of the day. Am I sitting here going, oh, well, it would have still been, it would have been probably 6 0 if it was Perez staying on the pitch? No, at the end of the day, he could have, he, he, he was told to do a job at the end of the day. And then we changed shape, which changed our approach to the game. It changed our tempo, which just then seemed to suit the person, the people, the, you know, the, the players on the pitch at that time. There's no suggestion to say that, well, if Perez was on the pitch, does Nacho have as an easy, side pass at four all and you know and it, we don't know so no but nobody's getting the stick thrown at them by me today not even okay. paris scott good evening to you how the devil are you evening, sir Hope you had a good christmas a little message for brad there um he still can't believe you rated paris a 10 in the half season review yeah behave scott 
<laughs> Quickly looking at the players, as good as you know, um, sometimes we do it, but every week, if you go on to um, the website, Lester Till I Die. Uh, com forward slash match center or go onto the homepage and click on match center. You'll see all the ratings and everything that's given out. And Brian, who does the match report, does actually does individual um, player ratings. And I thought it'd be interesting to look at this because it was a, a match that we lost, but it was a match that we sort of fought well in. And just to go through these, uh, Brad, um, Let's start with Casper. Because on the show earlier, um, David David posted even before we'd started that we should be getting rid of Casper. Um, he was at fault for two of the goals, and we know his distribution's not very good. But it, <laughs> I, I I just say with Casper this season, the hell he's got nobody in front of him. He hasn't got a, a settled defence in front of him. You could combine Peter Shilton, Gordon Banks, and Casper Michael into one goalkeeper, and he'd still be having problems this season. Yeah, that's true. And the thing is, we've probably been very blessed that because we've had a strong defence previously before this season and all the injuries and decimations, that people maybe forget that, you know, Casper's still making saves. I mean, that. Without that's you know, as much as we can sit here and go on another day, we could have scored two more and it could have been five mm. or six or whatever. On another day, Man City could have also made that seven, eight goals. He made yeah. some saves, he made some errors, but he's notoriously facing. I would not be surprised if this season already he's faced more shots than what you know, than what he did all the entirety of last season. He's facing more because we've got a depleted defence. And, you know, people need to remember that he's if he's facing, I mean, what was it, 17 shots? Yeah. yeah. Okay, granted, that goal, that's, that, that shot across goal, I don't think he needs to make the save like that. I think he can rely on his defence to clear it because there wasn't actually a Man City player near him. Yes, I'm going to say he makes mistakes, but he's but, probably now, on average, facing 15, 16 shots a game, yeah. isn't he? If you look like in, a normal, in a normal season... You could rely on the defence. Could could yes, we, exactly. you know, in, in fairness to him, he has to make a quick decision. And with the way the defence has been, I kind of uh, understand why he went for it. Yeah, yeah. You can you can kind of relate to the reason why he probably did feel the need to make that save. And I, and I think, and Evans and Soyuncu, a Fafana and Evans, a Fafana and Soyuncu and Amati. Solid defence, whatever whatever combination of them three or four you want to work, mm. maybe, you know, he doesn't make that save or he trusts what's in front of him to get rid of it and clear it. But like you said, Chris, it's been so thrown together sometimes. Literally, it's like, you know, I feel like he's, that Brendan sometimes had to go, can you play? Please, no. What about you? No. You know, he's, he's, he, it's easier for him to write a list of players that can actually play, let alone try and ask if they can play centre-back or whatever, yeah. because that's where yeah. we're at. So I get it from certain terms. But David De Gea springs to mind. If you want to compare him to a keeper that gets a lot of stick when it seems to be going wrong for his club, you know, mm. so the fact that the fact that someone who, who saw the game probably far better than we did it's given him a seven and he conceded six. It's telling you that maybe thanks to Shemichael, you know, 
let's face it, two goals, there's nothing he could do about because the penalties. You know, he's got the odds are for you know well against him in, in that scenario. Um, it is what it is. I think people need to remember what he did, a lot of good because these these last well this entirety of the season. You know, if you compared some games from last season, you're probably looking at games where you'd go, oh, well, they're getting the same amount of shots as they were last season. But what you're not really taking into account is last season, if we played Southampton and they had 14 shots, they're probably getting 12 of them blocked. So Casper's yeah. not having to do anything. Whereas this season, Man City's having 17. And I wouldn't be surprised if if Michael was involved somehow in, 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 in saving all 17. If you know what I mean, even if it was straight at him or not, he's... They, they, of their good. 53 shots, only 29% were blocked. Yeah, and which, it's which probably, it's but probably and a that's good awkward to look at because you could say of our 14 shots, 57% was on target and only 7% were blocked. But that doesn't mean that doesn't include the ones that flew up into the stand and things like that. Um, Scott, I was just looking at that actually. Danny Ward is injured. I think he's one of the COVID yeah. people. He wasn't even on the bench, Yapokovic was. So um, he, he is um, currently being assessed along with many, many others. Um, just going back then to that, we, we've obviously done um, done Casper. Um, I mean, or Brighton 7, that might be generous. Vestergaard. I mean, you know, I, I think we all put our head in our hands and went, oh, my God, you know. Um, I don't think he, he particularly did much wrong he still can't jump you know he's six foot six and he is about as tall as he gets when he's jumping <laughs> on on that what did you think of Estegard? again it's it's probably this is probably one of the hardest games to give a rating for because we're mm. probably so fond of just a spell of football because we probably started to in the nicest way we probably started to watch it in autopilot this mm. game of points especially in that first half but again you take. I, I, I'm going to judge this the way Brian sounds like he's done it, where he's judged this on the entirety of everything, every detail, whether it's suspensions, game time, every every little aspect of this game. And I don't think really there was much wrong that he could do. You know, that no. you, you may have faulted him for one of the game goals. People might say he's still crap. I'm not saying he's not brilliant at this moment. He's still a long way off getting anywhere yeah. in that team on a consistent basis, but it was one of them. He was up against one of the... He's up I against find it the an interesting one the that he's judged because it was a defeat, but we, we kind of played well, you know. Uh, yeah. Madison is man of the match with eight. Lookman, I thought, was was, was okay in, in Acho, yeah. Um, Tillemans and Perez both getting a five. Tillemans didn't have a good game, but he didn't have no. that Indeedy or even a Samari next to him that could give him the freedom. You know, how often, yeah. in fairness, have we seen Tillemans in our own box? Yeah, that's very true. And I think that's one thing that's always been pointed out by Tillemans. He... he he probably believes in his ability, but he feels more comfortable to go about his business when he's very assured of who's next to him. And obviously we know he had Madison in that game, but he's probably very conservative and, and, and he's such a team player and always wants to win the ball back. And so does Madison, but I did, I'm, because we're talking about Tillman's here. 
I'm not saying he's the only one, but you can see by when he plays that when he knows he hasn't got a, you know, Indeedy or a Samore next to him or even a Chowdhury, um, you know, that in that role, that he does feel the need and the urge to, I've got to pull my shift. We haven't got that, you know, players sitting in behind us, so I need to make sure I'm doing it. And unfortunately, it was, you know, the reverse of the Etihad uh, from last season, it was always giving away penalties for yeah. fun. Uh, and unfortunately, it wasn't his greatest game, but that's not his greatest aspect. You know, we do, he he is like Madison, he is a big cog in the engine in, in anything positive going forward. Their defensive work is not really something you see or expect of them to do too much throughout the 90 minutes. So, mm. unfortunately... His magic feet in the box at the right end, but not so much on the no, defending no. side of things. No, and you can't. I'm sorry, you know, you you can say whether the first one was or wasn't. It was a bit, you know, iffy. We got away with it last season because there was all of all those penalties. You could say was Vardy looking for some of them? And, oh God, yes, he was. Sort of thing. So it's kind of equals out. Um, yeah. Scott says here. Hope we bring back Daniel Leverson off loan at Preston North End as we'll be challenging for the top goalkeeper spot next season. I think so, Danny Ward. You, you, you can't write Danny Ward off. And, you know, he's out with COVID. Um, but you can't write Casper off. Like I say, a goalkeeper yeah. is only as good as his defence. I think, I, think so, I think sometimes... Oh, sorry, Chris. Go on, go on. Go on. No, I was going to say, well, if you look at the... You know, if you look at the Premier League winning season, you know... Morgan Hooth, Fuchs, and um, Simpson. <laughs> what a great back four to have in front of you. And a goalkeeper can only do so much. Yeah, definitely. And I think, to be fair to Danny Ward, uh, Danny Ward's probably suffering from the same thing that Kalichi and Yacho seems to suffer with. And that's mm. unfortunate for him. The spot that he's vying for, or the role that he's vying for, is being occupied by one of the best we've ever seen in our last shirt in that particular position. You know, Nacho's um, going for it with Vardy and, you know, Casper's, Casper's in front of Danny Ward. And that's just, you know, that, that that's also more testament to Danny Ward when he has been given the opportunity, whether it's a cup game or not, it doesn't matter. But when he's played, that we've seen him perform at a very mm. good level. Um, so, unfortunately for Danny Ward, I mean, we paid £12 million for him, so we obviously have the intention to play him. We yeah. keep giving him contracts and time on there. We've not too many horse whispers uh, no. of, of any kind of disgruntlement from Danny Ward. He clearly knows his position. But whilst Casper's still putting in great performances, you know, whilst Vardy's still throwing goals, neither of them are going to get in their desired position no. until, one no. of the, until the time comes that they either move on or drop off a cliff. In and at the end of, of the day, when Daka came, he knew he, he was competing with Vardy. When Ward came, he knew he was going to be competing with Schmeichel. Goalkeepers do go on that that bit longer when they're playing anyway. And like I said, I just think, I just think Casper, I still, you know, I, I think I said a few weeks ago, possibly drop him, take him out the limelight. But I think when you play in these sort of games, Premier League games, he's got to He's got to be in there. And like I say, um, I mean, it says here, uh, David, if we if we all say about why Casper makes some mistakes because of the lack of trust, why on earth doesn't he command his penalty area better? 
if our defence is so poor, come out and punch or grab the cross? Uh, I mean, again, it's easy in hindsight, but maybe there is that hesitation in the lack of communication all around. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be a voice. You know, I, I, I agree with people that are saying um, about Casper and his captaincy because I made the same point about Madison when everybody was questioning him and his form and where it had gone and why it was. I said, the guy takes corners, free kicks from all over the ground. He's discussing everything. He's trying to, he was practically playing second captain. Let's face it, he was practically a vice captain further up the pitch. He seemed to be given too many, too much responsibility. And Casper seems to be able to do it knowing he's got somebody like Johnny Evans in front of him because he kind of lets Johnny Evans be his voice from within sort of thing. He's the one that gets the message out. He knows, but we all know what Casper's like. Um, but maybe it's time we give somebody else that responsibility as hard as it sounds. I think you need to take that responsibility off him and we need a mouth out there. We need somebody who's going to command it a bit. I mean, Facebook user there moving on says, um, um, Vestergaard needs to go. I mean, he's come in and... I would I would question why we bought him, you know, with, with his history at Southampton. But in fairness, you know, he, you know he's had a couple of bad games, um, us and Man United when there's been. But it wasn't just him on the pitch. You know what I mean? There was a lot. It was ten other players on the pitch in those games, or or nine by the end of the, both of oh. those games. Um, he's come into a back four that's unsettled. I, you know, when was the last time we played the same back four in two consecutive games? And I'm I, sorry, I you know. Sorry, I said I can't remember. No, no, and I'm sorry, you can't. You know, it's when you see, and I'm I'm the first, as you know, I'm the first to have a moan. But when you see that balls are being passed to people that aren't there, that's because they, they, you, when you've got a settled team, you're used to people being there. And I, you know, I've got to ask myself: Is he as bad? as we say he is, or is it just the fact that the defence is just sort of all over the place, all of them this season? Yeah, look, I think I think if we're being honest with them, when you're a player that comes to a club on, on a new thing, let, let's face it, let's face it, is there anybody, anybody in the comments wants to tell me, hand on heart, that they saw a signing Vestergaard to be a first-team regular then fine, by all means, fair dues. If that's what you were expecting for how quick the deal was done for 15 million, I, but I can assure you, I don't think Vestergaard came to Leicester. I think he's come here with the intention to try and prove himself at, at, at the level of being, in regards to playing at a team that are competing higher up the league than Southampton. Not not necessarily saying that, that, that you know, that Southampton are any worse than us, but what I'm saying is is in, in terms of what we've been doing over the last three seasons, he maybe fancied his chances yeah. to push for a team, but realistically, from a fan's perspective, we looked at that sign-in on the back of Fafana's injury, it was right, it was a case of, right, now we need an extra backup slash rotation player in. And look, again, yeah, you're right, with all the injuries as well, that's another thing. It doesn't help. I don't care how good you are as a footballer. I've also just doesn't matter how good you are. I don't care if you're Ronaldo. I don't care if you're Messi. If you're not seeing the same, at least seven or eight faces out on that field every time you step out there, mm. you know, 
bar a cup match or the Christmas period aside, you're gonna you're gonna struggle to keep team cohesion. It doesn't matter how good yeah. you are, you're gonna struggle to keep doing what everybody does on that training ground. It might sound ridiculous, but when you're so accustomed, like you said, just you're so accustomed to the same at least eight, nine players on the team sheet, and you're so accustomed to like I said, week in, week out. Right, when this happens, we'll get the ball. As soon as you get a chance to clear it, da da da, whatever they're being taught on that training ground pitch, whatever they're told to do prior to whoever we're playing, if you're then suddenly asking six or seven substitutes to come and step in out of the cold and do exactly the same and think they're going to get it right, you're barking up the wrong tree thinking they're going to be able to do it at a level of a standard that someone who's playing week in, week out, it's just not physically possible. Do we need to buy somebody in? I, I may well, I can't remember whether I've said this to you or said yeah. this in the other show about buying a defender in January, or do we take? We know, you know, problem is when everybody comes back, we're going to have a team full of defenders, or do we promote Benkovic to the? And I know we've talked about this before, but give him the chance because he is a defender. Um, and sometimes a, a, a defender that you would score six. Is better than a uh, than say an Albrighton that you're gonna you know isn't used to playing in defence. Do you give Benkovic his chance for half a season to help us out? Not if he's not good enough. If he's not good enough, and he's been at this club for in 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 staying times, you know, in staying times of this generation of how footballers move on as well as managers. He's been here long enough and worked with Brendan long enough. Just, I'm sorry, but if he was not deemed good enough mm. for the first team to even be sitting around on the bench, the fact that there's the likes of Masketeer and Nelson getting calls up, and I know that's because he was omitted from the squad and he hasn't been able to, but the fact that, you know, instead of having him available at all costs, even if it was to go and play in a Carabao Cup game against Yeovil Town or Liverpool or whoever, mm. the fact that there was such an obvious... And you're given the fact that we came into the season before the registration was closed with probably three defensive injuries and he still doesn't feel he's worthy of being in that team it tells me that he's never going to be ready to be in that team. Yeah. I would rather Ben Nelson and play... I'd rather him play if that's our situation at the back than I would Benkovic because I'm sorry. Maybe he's yeah. ironically, but I can see us selling him this winter or at least loaning him out. Yeah, Benkovic because he just doesn't get in that. He doesn't get on the bench of our team. Yeah, but like I know he can't. I keep saying that. I know he can't. I keep forgetting that he can't because he's not in the thing. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think he makes it on the bench even if he registers him. I think it's a wasted spot. If we registered him, he still yeah. wouldn't make the results. That's fine. Uh, Brookline says, must be a statute in Leicester that prohibits saying anything negative about Yuri. I don't think we've we've been positive about him in this show. And I no, think he, had, he, he had his worst game for us in a yeah. long time. Yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was a disaster for, for yeah. us in our own box. Yeah. But we have to remember, and it's funny, doing this show now, rather than doing it straight after the game, um... Yeah, you do look at it with different spectacles. And I know we don't do it straight away. We do it like an hour after the kick, after the final whistle. And that does give us time to calm down. But 
it's funny, like the way I feel now is probably different to how I felt then, and I would probably be more critical of him then. But yeah, he didn't have a good game. But then you know, we've said that about a lot of players during the season. Um, David says, Vestergaard yeah. watched yeah, De Bruyne carry that ball and take the shot on his left. No press, no threat, just stood and watched it all happen in front of him. Um, Scott says here, going back to swapping over Barnes and Lookman. Um, yeah, it's not. Worth a chance, probably. Give well, it a go. Well. No tile, so it's always there. Yeah. Um, it bears reporting that Nacho had one of his best games, even though we have noted he plays his best in the front two with Vardy or Dakar. Yesterday we saw the best of him without either. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. Um, and, okay, Dakar, shows, you know, he's got COVID, hasn't he? So... Well, he's out for three weeks, him and so on. And, and, and again, just to touch on that point, um, quickly ending off the Vestergaard point that Dave made, it's easy to sit there and say, oh, well, he backed off. Well, no one else closed him down. And mm. how do we not know that Vestergaard was told, look, him, first of all, him and Amati are two completely different styles of centre-backs. Vestergaard isn't the quickest, so he's not going to go out and get exposed to the back because he can't track back and make up the ground like a, an Amati or a Sionchu or even an Evans. And even he struggles in yeah. sometimes. You know, I've touched upon it with Evans saying that he doesn't need to press too hard. So Thiago Silva did it against us in the FA Cup. It's what these defenders are told to do. They're either told not to press or they're told, look, if you've got someone like a De Bruyne running at you, and he knocks that ball past you at the edge of the box. He's got a three-run at goal. We would rather you try and fend him off and shield him and make him shoot from distance than run past you and be one-on-one -on -one with Casper. You have to remember that every player is managed to try and do what's best for them. You, you sit here and say, and, and you're right, it did look negative and bad that Vestergaard just sat back and sat back and sat back, but you'd have been absolutely even more raging had he ran out De Bruyne, De Bruyne dropped his shoulder and ran straight through and took it around Casper and put it in an empty net. At the end of the day, he hit a shot that went in with a defender in front of him. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, you got to... Yeah, and, and, should, why wasn't the, the midfield closing him down? Yeah, exactly. He's not the only player defending on that day. It wasn't like it was Vestergaard versus the entirety of Man City. No, no. And it is very easy. And I, I'm including myself in this, in, in, you know, I mean, I've, I've not been, um, I've not been Perez's biggest fan, but sometimes if you're not careful, you can end up blaming somebody just because of who oh, they are rather than the yeah. sort of... And then you end up searching them out for a, for, for the excuse, like like um, somebody said, I, I can't remember which one it was, sorry to the person who commented, but, you know, they end up becoming a scapegoat to a point because it becomes such a natural reflex from yes. so many bad yeah. performances. I'm certainly not sitting here and saying it's a Vestgaard, it's a Perez, it's a Tillemans' fault. I'm also not going to sit here and say Tillemans had an amazing game when he didn't. You know, I'm no. not, when we don't do that here and I'm very ha happily, well, not happily, but I will quite gladly sit here in a way, again, bad choice of words, I'll figure one out one day, but sit here and say, look, Tillemans didn't have a great game. I think a five's generous. Um mm. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not going to sit here and suddenly go, oh, blindness. Tillemans didn't. Tillemans was great. I didn't see anything wrong with his performance. It's, you know, I'm not sat here watching a game like that. 
mm. I'm sat here freely, both for sight of going, like, Tillemans was a disaster, really. Yes. Yeah. Um, looking here, and just to, just to round it off, um, <laughs> so Yeti, good evening, Yeti boy. How the devil are you? Um, at well, least Bertrand didn't play. It would have been 10-3. <laughs> um, there, there we go. So, someone who's probably fallen into the Paris Investigard bracket. I, I yeah, Yeti boy. Yeah. Nice to see you, mate. Um, yes, let's. Um, we're going to have a, a quick chat about. Man of the match, etc. Straight after this. Hi, this is Chris from Leicester Till I Die. Thank you for watching and listening. Happy New Year! Already, I know. I tell you what, get rid of the Christmas jingles. Bring the New Year ones in. Nine players have got ruled out at the moment. Nine players. <laughs> now, you don't hear Brendan complaining about it, do you? I mean, Klopp, he'd be having taken a, a four-page advert out in the Liverpool Echo, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, he would. Well, I, actually, that you've just won me by saying Klopp. We've never really, they've never really complained about it. Do you remember that interview, I think it was last season, where Madison went, well, Everybody's Liverpool are always moaning about their injuries, but we're never really bothered us. We just have to get on with it. You know, yeah. that's one thing I'll always say. At least you, even if you don't have us, maybe you see a few names on the team sheet sometimes, like a Bertrand, like a Vestergaard, like a Perez, maybe even a Samore to some people, who, or a Lutman, strangely, even though he keeps having these performances more regularly, people seem to not rate him as well, put, talking him in, in lines of under. You know where I stand with Luke. I actually like him. I think he's yeah. someone we should make a permanent investment in. But, you, you know, it's just what... It's, it's, it, I've completely lost my train of thought now. I started listening off players. <laughs> 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 it's called age, mate. It's called age. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But, oh, but, uh, no, don't worry. It'll come back to you. Brookline says their new sweater looks sharp. <laughs> Thanks for the show, guys. Great as always. It actually isn't a new sweater. I'm surprised it still fitted me. But I actually, my son came around asking if I'd got a, a Christmas jumper he could wear because uh, he hadn't got one. And obviously everywhere had sold sold out because, of course, typical bloke, like his dad, does all the shopping Christmas Eve. And uh, <laughs> I found one for him, but I think, and, but then I, I discovered these that I'd forgotten I'd got. I was still about three Leicester Christmas tops that I completely forgot. Um, <laughs> hopefully we go and injure Sahara, uh, Sarah, Salah just to make Klopp cry, uh, get Hamza on him. Thing is, Salah's going away soon anyway. Um, well, there's a bit of a delay, isn't there? Because um, we we don't lose in DD and that until January now, I believe. So I'm not sure if it's the same for every spot, but we've had a bit more of a reprieve. I think it is, but I mean that's only three days away, isn't it? So I think yeah, I think these games, the corner, don't you? Literally, yeah. I mean, I think these games tomorrow and this week are the last ones before everybody flies yeah. off for the. Uh, Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, Scott, Chris hasn't hasn't Brendan always stated prefers a small squad to focus on, so maybe less players to pick from makes it more appropriate for him. No, at the end of the day, 
<laughs> Scott, you might say that, but the way it's going for us at the moment, you might have to put Danny Ward at centre back. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, I went out and bought some shoes uh, in the sale yeah, yesterday. I, Football, you know, I, just I, in I, case Jerry I'm called upon. Yeah. Jerry Jerry Taggart might have to get replaced on LCFC radio just so he can go and play for 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Man man of the match. Let's let's have a look at that. Um I've got to be honest with you, I'd probably agree with this that um, um that Alan did uh, after the match. Madison is man of the match and six for the manager and over the 90 minutes, six for the team and I think that's in fairness, I'd have probably given the manager a bit more because I think with what he had to play with, he didn't make bad choices. The team, yes, he, you know, we we were. It was a game of two halves, wasn't it? I mean, technically, we won the second half three two, uh, and I think, yeah, I think for me, James Madison was our best player out there. Yeah, the, the, normally in a game like this or a heavy defeat in terms of scoreline. Um, you're looking hard-pressed to pick a man of the match. But in a way, this was really easy because, honestly, everything that Leicester got right, obviously most notably in that second half, um, it, it, either, it seemed to always either start or end with Madison. Hmm. Uh, you know, every attack or every assist created felt like it came from Madison doing something. I mean, that breakaway... That I think was for Lutman's goal. I might be wrong. Someone will correct me in the comments. But when he danced his way in between the two Man City defenders to put them on the back foot, it yeah. it, it was brilliant to watch. And you'd be hard pressed. I think the fact that after 25 minutes, you know, Alan probably had negative two for the players and the managers rating. So seeing them at a six, they made up being on minus yeah. points, you know, from the first half performance, that a six is probably fair as well, both both sides of the coin. So, um, yeah, yeah I can't argue with that. And Madison Indeed. definitely stood out as the man of the match. Now, um, we usually do what's coming up next, but what is coming up next is us. We're back tomorrow <laughs> post-match at uh, 10.45. Um, yes. I think we'll be probably having about the same sort of conversations, won't we? Possibly, mate. Quite, quite possibly. Um, hopefully not, though. You never know. I mean, Vardy's going to play. Nacho probably going to go into a two. We haven't got. Uh, we okay. haven't got. Um, uh, we haven't got. Um, Daka available. Sionchu's not available. <laughs> probably we're going to see a few players get a few more minutes. But, you know, maybe we take that approach. Liverpool like to be very... What I call Man City and Liverpool, apart from unfathomable names at this hour, because it's not it's pre-watershed, but what I normally say about them is they're very top-heavy. They're very co they're very dependent on their midfield and their front attacking line three. I know technically Man City don't have a striker, but they still line up in a three attack anyway, yeah. as it is. And I think if Leicester can kind of adapt that, and they showed they can do it against Liverpool's mm -hmm. A-team in the Carabao Cup, you know, in a sense, um, we, we, it could be another scoreline that we're stood here going, well, Leicester have just beaten Liverpool by seven goals to six. <laughs> we don't know. It could very well be another just, game just, like just, that. I'm just, let me just read out some defenders to you and how they are at the moment. Uh, Ricardo Pereira ruled out. Johnny Evans ruled out. 
Kaglis Oyunshu ruled out. Wesley Fafana ruled out. James Justin ruled out. Ryan Bertrand ruled out. And that's just the defenders. I mean, you know, that's oh, that's two teams with the defenders there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's it's six in total, and then you're and then you say you take into account the rest of it, and then you're talking in like literally three or four days' time. It's going to be no Ian Acho. It's going to be no Wilfred and Didi. It's going to be no Daniel Amate. Well, did is Daniel Amate did did they qualify? I think maybe they did. So maybe he might be off. I don't know. Um, yeah. You also got no Mendy either, I believe. Either have you? No. He's not French. He's so no, I, I think Amati Amati is off. I do believe. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, just what we need. So yeah. then the Thank, thankfully, bless him, Dakar's team's not qualified. So, phew, that's yeah, one. That's, yeah, one back out of nine. We're all right, <laughs> mate. We'll win it. Right. <laughs> Brad, thank you so much. I hope you had a really, really good Christmas with your family down there. Yeah, I did, mate. Thank and, you very uh, much. And I will see you tomorrow uh, about half past ten talking about how many players Liverpool have broken the legs off and smashed in the face with the elbow and got away with it. Oh, did I say yeah, that out maybe. Well? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. We'll see, mate, won't we? <laughs> all right, mate. Thanks very much, and I'll see you tomorrow. Take care, and all the best to you and your family. Yeah, thanks, mate, and take care. Cheers, now. Goodbye. Thanks to Brad there. I tell you what. <laughs> I say, where's Steve Linux and Julian Watts? Get your boots on, guys, and get back here because we need you. Thanks for for Brad for that great show as always. Uh, no Brad's tactic boards today. Can you imagine? He'd need he'd need a whole show to himself for his tactic board. <laughs> he admitted that himself. Um, but um, yep, yeah, it is nearly twenty twenty two. What will we? What do we think of the last year? We might be doing a special on New Year's Eve on that one. Stay tuned, folks. Don't touch that dial. Um, it is nearly New Year. And Brett says he's looking to a f looking forward to a few free beers tomorrow. Are they doing that again? <laughs> I'm down here on the south coast, mate. Send me one. I will see you all tomorrow at um, about half ten, quarter to eleven. Uh, fingers crossed. Um, I don't know what the score is going to be, to be honest with you. I just hope we turn up again. I really do. Thanks for watching. Thanks for joining in. We'll see you all tomorrow at half past ten. Stay safe, guys.
all over. It is now. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.